This is a podcast from Minute Media. Sox fans, here are the Bastards of Boston Baseball. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Totally Legit or Calling the Cops. Charlie Smith with me for this episode. If it's your first time listening, We're going to come up with four or five questions slash scenarios. Charlie Smith has compiled them this week. He's going to host the rest of the show. He's going to read out each one, and I'm going to say whether it's totally legit or I'm calling the cops if I disagree. So, Charlie, your show, man. All right, right on. Well, for those, I don't think we talked about this last show. Uh, for those that want to harass me, it's Smith underscore MLB on Twitter. Terry, what's your handle? At Cushman MLB, and the podcast account is at Bastards underscore Boston. Right on. Thank you, Terry. So, uh, first things first, before we kind of get squared away, what I want to do is just talk about the remainder of the season, at least for those playing at Fenway. Uh, we did touch up on on. Wooster uh, last show we have the following series remaining just six series remaining and 17 total games we're facing three at Seattle three in uh, three at home against Baltimore two against the Mets followed by a three game set with the Yankees that will be the end of Fenway games for 2021 before the playoffs if we can get there so we got three away eight at home we got baltimore the mets yankees followed by six games away again baltimore for three and then we finish out the season in washington for three more games so with that being said despite the last finish of the red sox game versus the white sox does Garrett Whitlock finish up with more saves than both Adam Ottavino and Matt Barnes for the remaining 17 games of 2021? I'm going to say that that's totally legit. Now, your trust ladder isn't very high on Ottavino, who scuffled. Sometimes he's brilliant. Sometimes he's just off and guys are getting on base. We don't know what Matt Barnes is. He's yet to pitching a game since being on the COVID IL wasn't going well leading up to that. I think Garrett Whitlock has earned it. And yeah, he did have a blip against Chicago. He's been a little bit prone to the home run ball, but if I have to pick someone for the ninth inning, for me, it's Garrett Whitlock. And as Charlie, you often say, it's not even close. Not even close for me. It's Whitlock. Totally legit. I'm with you on this one. I think it's totally legit as well. Uh, I think that with the remaining games, I think we're going to be playing close to 500 baseball, either a game above or a game below. 
Uh, I don't like some of those last series. The first one with Seattle, I'm hoping we can win one out of the next three in that series. And the reason for that being is Seattle's fighting. They're going to be going hard. You get the benefit of facing six Baltimore and three Washington games. We should do well in those games. I don't like the Yankee series. I don't like the Seattle series. And depending on who the Mets have, I'm praying that we split. So you're really depending on Baltimore twice, one series at home, one series in Baltimore, followed by Washington as well. I'm thinking that Garrett Whitlock, if I had to put a number on it, I'm thinking Garrett Whitlock gets three, maybe four save ops. And I'm thinking that Adam Montevito might get one. Matt Barnes might get one or two. And I think it might just be one more save that he gets in uh, in relation to both Ottavino and Barnes. What do you think? This Seattle series is arguably the toughest of the remaining series, but there's going to be plenty of opportunities with Baltimore. I actually think we're catching the Yankees at the right time. They're sputtering. Garrett Cole has a hamstring issue. That's probably fine. Tyon is injured. Who do they have after Tyon? Right. That's fair. So, but we also don't have Chris Sale. We don't, but we will buy that series most likely. That would be. I'm hoping so. That would be right that... around 10 days. It'd be about 12 days, actually. So he, he could conceivably pitch in that series. Hopefully, Evaldi will. I, I don't know how they, they line up. Eh, it's uh, it's going to be close for him, but it's going to be very close, yeah, indeed. But I I think there's plenty of save opportunities for Whitlock between the Orioles twice, the Yankees once, and I don't know what to think of Washington. Really, it could be a cupcake series. We might drop two out of three. I have no idea. I hope we don't drop two out of three. But for those that are still listening. Attention listeners across the galaxy, all the way from Australia to Houston. Do we have a pew problem? If so, our friends at Manscaped have cleared you for takeoff with their fourth generation and brand new lawnmower 4.0. Kick your pubes to the next planet with the Performance Package 4.0. The orbits in your pants will feel like you're in zero gravity when you use the best tools for the job from the leaders in male grooming. Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get your rocket ready for takeoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20. The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker. It's like having a little astronaut to chop your worst weeds up top in your nose and ear. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. For a clean trinity and beyond, your space balls will thank you. Well done, Charlie. I think that was one of the best ones I've done. Just nice and easy. <laughs> Got to get the words not unflubbed. And uh, <laughs> speaking of uh, flubbed and not flubbed, this is uh, going to be a question from someone that wasn't receiving a whole boatload of love. Not Garrett Richards, folks. This is the next question for totally legit or calling the cops. Bobby Dahlbeck will hit more than 26 home runs before the 2021 campaign is over. Is that totally legit or are you calling the cops, Terry? I'm going to say you said more than 26, right? 
More than 26. More than 26. So 27 or more. I'm going to say that that's totally legit. I think because we have two series against the Orioles, I think it could be done just in those six games. I really do. Okay. One of those is in in Camden Yards, the second-to-last series of the regular season. Home run haven. I... I'm almost convinced they messed with the gravity at that stadium. People talk about Colorado, Camden Yards, man. That's where, that's the last place I want to spend my career as a pitcher. Yeah, and I. So, long story short, I think Dahlbeck gets there. He's the hot hand, and I know Vasquez is is having the better September as far as hits and average and whatnot, but. This isn't a this isn't a hard enough schedule, I don't think, to slow Dahlbeck down. Outside of this Mariner series in Seattle, that's not a, a home run ballpark. So, so you're gonna go over? Okay, I'm actually gonna call the cops on this, and the reason for that being is we've seen. I'm gonna break it down with math. I love numbers. I'm a metrics person. I love doing anything math related for any of these questions, any analysis. As far as Bobby Dahlbeck is concerned he's had 21 home runs so far this year in 377 at bats which is about an average of one for every 20. in august he had seven home runs in 62 at bats which is one home run out of every 11 at bats um then we had oh excuse me my math is off on that one it was one out of every like nine uh because seven times nine would have been 63. uh september was three out of 37 at bats so far which is about like one out of every 12 12 and a third uh april through july he had 11 homer 11 homers uh in 20 278 at bats so one out of every 25 or so give or take the first four months he was averaging 215 with 11 homers and 40 rbis august on he's been cracking 313 hitting 100 average points above his uh his first four months in the bigs just one home run shy from the first four months, and that's in six weeks. Four months he had 11. The last six weeks he's had 10. Now, he has 17 games left, assuming he plays every single game for the remainder of the season, averaging about four at-bats a game. Maybe he has three or five one game, kind of cancels it out. We're looking at 68 at-bats. If his average remains the same at one for every 12 12 and a half or so that gives him just under five and a half home runs. I think he's going to hit 26 on the money. So I think he's going to hit five more home runs for the remainder of the year. Cause we still have that three game set in Washington. I'm going to include that too. I don't think he'll hit more than 26 unless he just absolutely tears it up. Now this is someone who a lot of people thought, and I think we had talked about this uh, a couple of analysis had, had kind of come out on him and they thought, Oh yeah, Bobby Dahlbeck, easy 30. You know, this will be the first 30 homer campaign for like a, a legit rookie since Nomar did it back in 1996, I think it was, or 97. Uh, and and let's be be honest, I was a naysayer for the first four months, and there were people on this show that were like, "Just give him a chance, just give him a chance." And I was like, "I I've been giving him a chance for four months, and he's not he's not getting it." Had he been able to tear it up the first couple months of the year, we wouldn't be talking about 30. We'd be talking about 40. That's the crazy thing. What do you think? I think for sure 40 would probably be the minimum. 
had he come out of the gates in the first half like he has the second half. And I would trade him. I still would. When when is his value ever going to be higher? I don't know. Because I, I, I don't. Think if it, it goes, be. if it goes any higher, you're probably not trading him. If he's a stud next season, you're finding a right. way to keep him. And I don't know what that does. If JD isn't doesn't come back, you kind of have to DH Devers because Casas is going to first, right? And then Dahlbeck plays an okay third base. One thing, real quick. Last Baltimore series, it was in mid-August. Three home runs in that series. He had a two-homer game. And let's see, where was that? That was in Fenway. That wasn't yep. in Baltimore. So I, th- it's close. It's going to be close. Do, do you think that Bobby Dalbick has the same effect in Baltimore that Mookie Betts did? It just didn't seem to matter when Mookie played Baltimore. He was always mashing against them. Do you remember that? He had three homer games like every weekend. It was just stupid. Yeah, he – I mean – 10 to 12 home runs a year minimum in that one ballpark, a quarter of them. Oh, yeah. Glaber Torres, I think, in 2019 had a ridiculous amount, like nearly half of his home runs, I think. he He's a guy who right. hits there for the Yankees. Hang on. I'm just uh, trying to find the last Yankees series. I want to see. Let's see. So that sure. was August 17th. Well, I'm going to talk about Dahlbeck while you're doing a little research on that. Bobby Dahlbeck was one of the most – frustrating players to watch play it was just nightmare after nightmare nothing seemed to work it was strikeout central after strikeout it was just an absolute nightmare and the thing that i found most frustrating was he didn't seem like he was willing to make the adjustments it was just constant frustration from a young kid who just didn't seem like there was someone on the team with veteran leadership to be like hey kid listen not snap yourself out of this it's just another at bat stop stop thinking about it just just try to attack the ball do your thing just put some contact in it don't go for the fences every single at bat um but that's just me uh what were you able to pull up i wanted to see the last couple of series to see if he went deep at all against new york he did not so that's not a series i guess that i can count on but your your 26 figure is is pretty intriguing so I, I think 26 is going to be a considering we thought, oh, yeah, he might mash 30 before the year is up. I think if you say 30, we're all calling it the cops. No one's saying 30. Let me say this. We're going to be one game into the Mariner series by the time this records. This is Monday morning where we're recording this. What if he hits two in the Mariner series? Then it's over. Oh, <laughs> then it's, oh then, man. Then it's... We're, we're flirting with 30. I, I don't know we'll get quite that high, but that's like the next – threshold he might hit 27 i think 26 is going to be the number i think he might have like a little bit of a patch um but if he has another baltimore series like he did yeah i mean he's going to be sniffing 26 27 easy and then bonus bonus home runs um so all right so we differed on that one so we're agreeing on one differing on the other third question from here on out 17 games left nate avaldi leads the team and wins strikeouts in the ra Totally legit or calling the cops? Totally legit. He's going to have the better, you know, three or four starts of anyone. Hopefully Chris Sale will will have a good few starts, but obviously he's not going to – he's, you know, way behind in those categories. But – Right. But 
I think Nathan Avaldi has a chance to to crack the lower part of the top ten on a lot of writers. Cy Youngs. I mean, he's in the top five, top seven in a lot of pitching categories. In the strikeout to walk ratio category, he's number two, only behind Garrett Cole. So that's unless, incredible. Unless he completely falls on his face. And I mean, anything's possible, but he's, he's had a very good second half. I think he's going to do it. And we've talked about this recently. This is the best season of his career. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. And and I mean, for 2021, he's exceeded all expectations. As far as the contract, we can get into that still a ways to go, but. What I find to be remarkable is when we compare uh, 2021 as a body of work for Nate Aldi, he's thrown 163 innings this year. It's the second most number of innings he's ever pitched. And I like to do a lot of comparison, you know, this year with another year in particular. He's had 10 wins so far in 2021. It's the second most wins he's ever had. The first was in 2015 when he had 14. It was the first time he'd had a crazy good season. Every other year up until that year, he had not had more wins than losses, which is incredible. Now, when you compare 2018, uh, when he was a member of the Red Sox, all the way through 2020, because he did spend a decent amount of time in Tampa Bay before coming over to Boston, he has had nine wins in those little two and a half years as a member of the Red Sox. He's got 10 this year. He had six losses. He has eight this year. He had pitched I believe 160, 170 innings. He has 163 and two thirds this year. Strikeouts. He has 170 over the last three years. He has 171 this year. His whip is just over 1.15. He's been pitching incredibly. I don't think it's a far cry to say top 10, top 11. Are there some relievers in there? Because you know who the top one, two, three guys are going to be already. But you brought up a very interesting statistic that we don't talk about that much. The K to walk ratio. How many, you know, do, do we give extra emphasis to pitchers that don't allow a lot of home runs, that don't walk a lot of guys? We should. I remember one year when Clayton Kershaw had, uh, he had like eight walks. And I don't know how many strikeouts. He just wasn't walking anybody which was incredible. Corbin Burns this year started the season off with like 54, 53 straight strikeouts without walking a guy. And then a couple days, which is remarkable for a rookie. And then um, Garrett Cole beat him by, I think, one or two this year, not long after that. But it's just, it's incredible what we've been able to see. Me personally, Nate Evaldi has some great matchups. He gets to face the Yankees, which I'm pumped about. You get to face Baltimore, which I'm pumped about. I think he wins three more for the remainder of the season. And that's if assuming he plays four. I hope they don't try to squeeze him in for a fifth. I think he probably gets 27 strikeouts, probably just a little over 3.1 ERA. But he's going to be the one that the Red Sox lean on because Chris Sale's out right now. Let me ask you this. We we got into it uh, with the, the midweek crew. Say we, we get into the wild card game. It's probably against Toronto, most likely. If we, if we make it, who's your starting pitcher? Uh, you have to put Evaldi in there. Uh, and I was listening to your show, and I, I think you have to go Evaldi. And the reason for that being is you have to go with the guy that's proven it to you in 2021. You can't go with the guy that's only just come back. I get it. Like, there's an aura about Chris Sale. Everybody knows I love Chris Sale. 
but you have to go with the guy that's gotten you here. You can't go with the guy that hasn't been here the whole season. Yes, he's got fire. He's got spunk. You got to go with Valdi. You just got to. Yeah, I mean, he, he's an ace on paper and by reputation. But Absolutely. he hasn't been an ace since he came back. He hasn't been terrible, but he hasn't been an ace. And right. I'm not saying Evaldi is a bona fide ace, but he gives you your best chance. So that's I agree. what I do. That wasn't a popular uh, pick with the midweek hosts. Twitter actually seemed to be, I think, slightly in favor of Evaldi when I, when I posted the question. There were a number of sale uh, votes as well, but... I, right. think, I think the fan base is, is pretty realistic. One more thing on Evaldi before we move on, though. I, I, I meant to mention this. Sure. Earlier in the season, I, I was of the mindset that if Evaldi pitches more than 120 innings, which I didn't foresee, if he does this offseason, I was thinking maybe the Red Sox try to move him. Maybe they try to move that $17 million remaining for the one year. I think teams would take a gamble on one year. More than one year with a guy like Evaldi? Probably not. But looking at some of these guys that have come up, Connor Siebel's not ready yet. How great do you right. feel about him for 2022? I don't particularly. I don't. With a 90-mile-an-hour fastball? No. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Tanner Houck, I'm still somewhat optimistic, but – I was I am too. kind of hoping he would be a little further along, but so there's a little bit of skepticism there. I'm of the mindset Rodriguez isn't coming back, but maybe given the, the prospects I just mentioned, maybe he does come back on a one year prove it deal. I don't know. But what I'm getting at here is can you risk not having Nathan Avaldi next year? I don't think you, I think you have to bring him back. Uh I agree, and uh, there's too many un, um, unknowns. And uh, here's the thing: four years, sixty-eight million dollars was the deal. Seventeen million per. The first two years, he pitched. I think I have, I have to look back at it. I think it was like thirty appearances. Uh, let me take a look. Thirty-two appearances. He's had twenty-eight this year, so he's made. He has made thirty-four million dollars for thirty-two starts. Is he a million dollar per start guy? Absolutely not. No. He's earning he exactly. He's earning that contract in year three. I'm not gonna fall in love with Nate Valdi right now because the health issue is a concern. Do we think he's gonna stay intact next year? Maybe. That'd be great. Because if he stays intact all next year, he's getting paid. There's gonna be someone that says, yes, we'll open up the pocketbook for him. Or if things start to line up okay you keep them in the in the rotation for next year and then if you have the opportunity to move them at the deadline depending on how we're doing maybe that i can support i could see that potentially happening because avaldi was never going to be a lifer in boston I'm, I'm super appreciative for what he was able to do in la uh in that world series campaign because that's what got him that four-year deal but um i'm not going to sit there and say like oh man we totally made out in that deal he's had one good year so far in the deal um one year was injured and the other year was kind of blah because of uh of uh covid so i i think for that one it remains to be determined we'll see what happens next year agreed all right all right so fourth question for totally legit or calling the cops i'm going to preface this with a little bit of information too so stand by before you give your answer rafi devers will finish the league as the leader in rbis totally legit or calling the cops now 
Jose Abreu has 107 RBIs. He's first. He has two games against Cincinnati and five against Cleveland. Not good matchups. Those are pretty premier teams. They're in second, third. They're in the upper echelon teams. Salvador Perez, who's arguably the best catcher in baseball right now, is 105. He has seven games remaining against a division rival against Cleveland. Not a good series. Teoscar Hernandez is tied with Rafi Devers with 102. He has seven Balti games, excuse me, seven Minnesota games left and three Baltimore games. Really good matchups for him. And then he's got Rafi Devers matching him right now. Six against Baltimore, three against Washington. Also really good matchups. So the top two guys don't have the best matchups for like seven, eight games. Rafi Devers has nine awesome matchups. Teoscar Hernandez has 10 really good matchups. Totally legit or calling the cops. Abreu isn't up there or no? I thought he was. Abreu, Abreu has 107. Then you have Salvador Perez at 105. Okay. And then you have Teoscar Hernandez and Rafi Devers at 102. So just five RBIs behind Jose Abreu. Totally legit or calling the cops. My bad. I, I missed it the first time. I'm gonna All set. I'm gonna call the cops. I, I think Devers can give Abreu a run for his money. I know Cleveland has a, an underrated pitching staff. No offense. They've been no of all the no hitters this season, the, the Indians have been no hit three times. Isn't that remarkable? The, Isn't that crazy? The Red Sox once since nineteen ninety four. The Indians three times in one season. So right. They do have the the pitching, though. A, a lot of young arms that are just kind of, you know, coming up but can, can give a, a lineup fit. So I get that. But I, I think I think Abreu is just – he's a closer. He, as, a, right. as an offensive performer, he's just really strong coming down the stretch. August and September, good months for him. I'm going with Abreu, but I'm rooting for Devers. So I, I've loved Devers, and while it's been difficult to watch him as of late, a whole boatload of strikeouts. He's striking out nearly, uh, I think it's half of his target share. I have to double-check that. But I actually am going to say uh, totally legit for Rafael Devers. I think that there's a chance that he could do it if he has one light-up show against um, Baltimore. You know, it's not a far cry to see him hit you know, 10 RBIs in one series there because he has the ability that it, it's more along the lines of, will he be able to do it consistently? Because the concern so far in September is the number of strikeouts. We've seen him strike out two times in a row uh, in three straight games. Um, we saw three strikeout, two strikeout games uh, against Chicago. He struck out six times in 10 at bats, which wasn't pleasant it wasn't easy to see but i really like the fact that we got six against baltimore and three against washington i think there's an opportunity for him to come up clean to make up five rbis because i mean if devers has a grand slam you're tied you're tied with abreu basically you're one off so i don't think i think like how amazing would it be to see rafael devers get back with a get right granny I just I can't picture another player I'd rather see hit a grand slam for the Red Sox. And how awesome would it be to see a kid who looks like he's 12 years old, who's not 12, who could potentially lead the league with RBIs at his age? I, I think it would just be special. 
if he doesn't do it this year, he, he will do it probably multiple times in his career. But agreed. As I said in in the last episode, he was my dud for the last series with six strikeouts and ten at bats. I just I don't like the hissy fits. I don't think his mind's in the right spot. I don't think the the leadership has been effective for him. So I I I still lean towards Abreu, but I hope I'm wrong. So the one thing that did concern me was that we, we're not even halfway through September. He's already got more strikeouts this month than he had all of last month. That's the concern. The benefit, though, is that you're facing Baltimore. Have I mentioned that yet? We're facing Baltimore six times. And three in Camden. Three at the Fen. And then we have Washington for three. And I think he is going to mash. I don't think it's that crazy. I'm going to stick by my gut. I think I've been totally legit three out of four. So the fun thing about working with you is that we're usually pretty in sync. We usually have a lot of the same mindset. Like, we agree on just about everything. But this is really fun when we, we've we got some questions in here and uh, a little bit of variety with the responses, which I think is pretty sweet. A lot so of them that, are, like, razor thin, though. Like, oh, yeah. it's close, and then the Dahlbeck one, he might – he's going to flirt with it. So He's going to flirt all right. So yeah. it's uh, – there's very little uh, margin uh, th- this episode anyway. Pretty much. It's going to bring us up to our last question. So, again, we have 17 games left, and the Red Sox have, this is the series that's remaining, Seattle in Seattle for three, Baltimore at home for three, the Mets still at home for two, Yankees at home for three more. So they got an eight-game set at Fenway, followed by three at Baltimore and then three at Washington. With 17 games left, Will the Red Sox have the ability to finish one game ahead of the Yankees and the Blue Jays? Totally legit or calling the cops? Now, I'm going to give you a little bit more information again. Yankees have seven games against bottom teams. Three versus Boston, Toronto, and Cleveland. Those are the games that should be a little bit interesting for the Yankees. Blue Jays have ten games against the bottom teams. Seven versus Minnesota and three versus Baltimore. The Red Sox have nine games against bottom teams, six against Baltimore, and three versus Washington. So, with that being said, do the Red Sox have the ability to finish one game ahead of the Yankees and the Blue Jays for the wild card? I'm going to call the cops on that because I just don't think we're going to beat Toronto. I, I think we will likely beat the Yankees, however... I'm a little bit worried about Seattle, too. Like, that's the team in the rear view that scares me the most. And if they sweep the Red Sox, and it could happen, two of the matchups just don't look good. And then if Ovaldi goes out there and gets no run support, that's a sweep. And then right. and then they're tied with us. Right. So I, I would call the cops. I would say call the cops because, like you, I don't think they're going to be able to beat both. The only added benefit is that the Red Sox no longer have to face Toronto. Thank God, because I did not enjoy playing that team. That is a home run derby juggernaut of a squad. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is the is the scariest hitter in baseball right now. I don't care what people say about you know Juan Soto or um, Ronald Acuna. One's not playing right now. The other one's still recovering and still trying to do what Vladimir Guerrero is doing effortlessly 
effortlessly. And he still has a three-game set against Baltimore. He could hit 50 home runs this year. I think that Vladimir Guerrero could potentially finish up with the Triple Crown. But he's going to have to get past Rafi Devers first because I think Devers is going to get the RBI title. <laughs> now, with that being said, I think the Red Sox will finish behind Toronto. The Yankees, though, I just don't know. So because of that, I have to say calling the cops because I think Toronto will finish ahead of Boston. Agreed. That's it, man. That's my five questions. All right. Well, hope everybody enjoyed it. We will be back on Wednesday night to discuss the outcome of the Seattle Mariners series. Hopefully they exceed expectations because Charlie and I, expectations aren't so high. So we'll see what happens there. That Wednesday game is a day game, so that won't impact the show at all. It'll be a normal start time and... Uh, nobody will have to, I'd be surprised if people are staying up till 1am to watch the first two games being that it's correct and safe cow. So, yep. Yeah. So we'll, uh, again, be back Wednesday. Everybody have a good start to your work week. Take care.